we are working through the book of Proverbs this summer. And as we look at the book of Proverbs, uh, we're calling it Life Hacks. That's our series is Life Hacks. And you know what a life hack is. It's, uh, it, it, it's kind of a, a, I hate to use the word trick, but it's a, it's a simple action that makes life easier. It's just one little something that you can do that makes life a little bit easier. Well, uh, to kind of help me get my brain around that and share that with you, uh, I went on Facebook a few weeks ago and said, help me out. I'm starting a series called Life Hacks and uh, want to share some of those with the folks. So uh, tell me some of your favorite life hacks. And I got some good, some good um, comments, got some good suggestions. Uh, some of them are a little gooder than others, but I did get some good comments and suggestions. And I noticed that, that many of them uh, really were based on using the phone. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago. I was in my I remember a few years back, I was in my office, and uh, I was talking to our music minister at that time, Jim Kumahata. And uh, this, was, this was some time ago. Jim is a real tech kind of guy, and he said, you know, there's going to be a day when everybody carries around their own computer. And I said, Jim, you're dreaming, man. That's not, that's not going to happen. Computers are these big boxes that sit on the floor under your desk. We can't carry those around. How would you plug them in? Well, he was right, wasn't he? I mean, everybody's got their own computer in their pocket. And so I, I, uh, I got a lot of responses that, about how to use that really in life hacks. And um, just, just this past weekend, we uh, traveled to San Antonio and we had to park in a parking garage and I was afraid I wouldn't remember where my car was. And so you know what I did? I did what you do. I took out my phone, took a picture of that that number on that car spot, and I took a picture of the, the column over here so I'd have the color so I would always know that I'm on the blue level and here's my spot, and then just carry that with you. Somebody else suggested you can do the same thing with your shopping list. You know, at home, you, 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 you're thinking through all week and you're building that list, and you've been working on that all week long, writing down milk and eggs and whatever you need, and then when it's time to go to the grocery store, you get up, you load up, and then you take off, and oh shoot, I left that list that I've been building all week. Well, all you got to do, take a picture of that list, and then you don't have to keep up with that thing in the, in the store. You don't have to remember it. You, you know, you've got it right there. And so all that kind of stuff, it was, it was very helpful. Um, I tell you what, Siri is my best friend. You know, since I lost my memory a year or two back, uh, it's all right here, man. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm running down the road and I, Click on there, and I say, okay, remind me to call Dan tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And pop up tomorrow. It, it pops up the next day. Hey, don't forget to call Dan, you know. Life hacks, things that, that make life easier. Proverbs is full of them. Really, that's, we might argue that's what Proverbs is all about. Helping us understand life in a more wise way. We figure out the way that, that wisdom works, and then we apply those things to our lives. This morning, I want us to think about words to the wise. And 
uh, as we go through Proverbs, you're going to notice that you can't really read through one chapter and get one thought like most uh, of the other books of the Bible. You read one paragraph, one chapter, and there's one good thought. Proverbs is hundreds, maybe even thousands of these, these little bite-sized bits of wisdom. And so to really understand the best way to deal with that, we're going we're gonna to need to look at it topically. So this morning, I want us to look at a quick overview of what Proverbs says about our speech, our words. And I say it's a quick overview because we're barely going to scratch the surface of Proverbs. And then I hope that later you will go back through Proverbs and look at some of what it teaches about our speech, our words. Well, as we jump into it, the first thing that we notice as we look at the Proverbs that talk about these things is that we want to recognize the power of words. We, we need to recognize the power of words. If you have your copy of scripture with you, or if you like to follow along in the Bible app, I want to start at uh, Proverbs 18 at verse 21. 18 at verse 21. And those of you who like to highlight things in your Bible, this would be a great one to highlight. So as you're skimming through Proverbs, uh, this is one that, that needs to kind of pop out at you from time to time so that we remember it. Proverbs 18 at verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your tongue has the power of life and death. You can save a life by saying the right thing at the right time. You can derail a life by saying the wrong thing or saying it at the wrong time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he says, then those who love it will eat its fruits. Well, that gets a little confusing because tongues don't have fruits. And who wants to eat tongues anyway? So it gets, it gets a little confusing. But, but look at what it means. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it, those who love speech, those who love speaking life into others, get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. They get to enjoy the, the, uh, the effects of living and speaking wisely. And so what we're talking about all summer is wisdom that works, life hacks. And one of those is when you and I learn to speak wisely, we're going to benefit greatly from what happens around us. A rabbi once asked his servant to go out and buy some good food for him in the market. When the servant returned home, he presented the rabbi with a tongue. And the rabbi said, I told you to go get the best food you could get. The servant said, this is what I have. This is the best food. This is a tongue. Well, the next day, the rabbi told the servant, I want to learn 
And so to help me learn, we've seen, we've seen what is best. Now, go to the same market and get bad food. Get the worst the market has. Again, the servant returned with a tongue. And the rabbi asked the servant, why did you come with a tongue on both occasions? And the servant said, good comes from it and bad comes from it. When the tongue is good, there's nothing better. And when it's bad, there's nothing worse. When the tongue is good, there's nothing better. I love you. I'm proud of you. You can do this. You know, I just love being around you. I have so much respect for you. You see how words have the power of life. When the tongue is good, there's nothing better. You're stupid. You can't do anything right. How long do I have to put up with you? Why don't you go find someone who cares? Words have the power to derail life. When the tongue is bad, there's nothing worse. Your words have the power to set the course for someone's life. This past week, we were at the school board convention in San Antonio, and um, at the school board convention, we start each day with uh, one, one with a general session. You know, it's just like all the other conferences you go to. You start with a general session, then you go to the little breakout sessions, and the next morning you have a general session. You go to the little breakout sessions, and then they end the whole thing with another general session. Well, each one of those general sessions, we had a keynote speaker, and they came from very different walks of life. Uh, they, it, was, it was very diverse, different genders. Uh, the three of them were different races, different backgrounds. Uh, uh, my guess is they probably even grew up in different uh, socioeconomic uh, uh, experiences. But one thing that I noticed that they had in common, all three of the keynote speakers told a part of their story. And while this was not planned and they don't even know they did it, I noticed that every one of those keynote speakers told us about how somebody said something that changed their lives. The first speaker told us about his dad, a third grade dropout, who was the wisest man that the speaker Rick Rigsby had ever known. And he said that he remembers what his dad said to him. Things like don't judge, be early, be kind, make your servant's towel bigger than your pride. And Rick Rigsby built his life on that advice, wound up becoming one of the, one of the best known, highly respected preachers and public speakers in the country. Another one of our keynote speakers, as a child, had the opportunity to meet Muhammad Ali. And Muhammad Ali told this little kid, respect yourself, respect others, 
and you'll be fine. And that little kid grew up learning about respect. And now he's written books on respecting one another, how to experience and earn respect in the workplace, how to show respect to others. He goes around the country teaching people about respect when as a five-year-old boy, Muhammad Ali spoke about respect. The other speaker was a lady who um, grew up in a very bad, very bad neighborhood, very low income, very hard time. And when she was in fifth grade, her teacher showed up and said, you are smart. You really need to go to a different school when you get to middle school. And so the, the young lady found a way to go to a different school. And her experience there changed how she understands education. And so eventually she started her own magnet school. And she's the principal of this school. And she goes around telling other folks how to do school in a way that makes a difference in the lives of kids who are suffering. Three different people told three different stories. None of them knew what the others were saying, and yet they all focused. Their whole stories, their whole lives were built on what someone said to them. There is power in the tongue. It's the power of life and death. Words set the course of my life. I shared with the kids quickly that I grew up without a dad. My dad died when I was really young. And when my dad died, our pastor came over to the house and he took the four of us kids. I'm the youngest of four and the best looking. Pastor came over and took the four of us kids out in the, out in the grass in the backyard. I'm eight years old. My sister is, I don't know, 15, 16, something like that. She's the oldest. And so, and the other two are in the middle. So we're teenager to pretty young kid. And this pastor in his suit sat down in the grass and spent time talking to children. And he didn't know this. But I had convinced myself that daddy died because God was punishing me for being a bad boy. And when we sat down in the grass, that pastor sat there with his suit on. And he said, I want you to know this is not your fault. God is not punishing any of you. How did he know my secret? Hearing him say that set the course of my life. Because even as an eight-year-old boy, I said, I want to grow up to be that kind of dude. A dude who knows what kids are thinking when they don't even have to say it. And a dude who's willing to take time to sit down in the grass with kids. Chances are really good that I'm a pastor today because of the words that pastor spoke. There's power in our words the power of life and death. It's no wonder that James warned us of that power in James chapter 3 at verse 6. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. 
The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. Now that's, that's pretty harsh language, isn't it? But it's intended to be harsh because you and I take little things for granted. And the tongue is just a little thing. Our words are little, they're small. We take them for granted. And so James has to shake us up a little bit and say, you don't understand that you are a fallen creature. As a fallen creature, you have a sinful nature. Part of that sinful nature is to use your tongue to hurt people and the enemy loves that. Your tongue can be the entire course of life set on fire by hell. James is saying... You've got to take it seriously. Today, that's what I want us to do. I, I, want us, I want us to hear what Scripture says about the power of our words. Well, we're going to move quickly now through the rest of it, but I want to show you that it's important to use your words carefully. Because they are so powerful, you want to use your words carefully. Proverbs 12 at verse 18 says, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. You ever say the wrong thing at the wrong time and wish you hadn't? Rash words. So many times we speak without thinking. So many times our tongue works faster than our brains. And so many times when that happens, we don't, we, whether we realize it or not, it's just like stabbing the other person. It's a sword thrusting into their very being. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. What makes the difference? The wise person thinks, plans, speaks intentionally. You use your words carefully. Parents and grandparents, you and I need to remember this, especially when we've got more than one kid. And the reason I say that is I see and hear this all the time. Parents will be there with their kids and they're just having small talk. It's just general conversation with somebody and they'll say, this one, this one is my smart one. And this one, this one is my shy one. And, and this one over here, this. You see what you've just done? When you said this one is my smart one, the other two heard, I'm not smart. And when you said this one is my shy one, you just defined life for that child. Now that child understands that they are a shy person. And from now on, they live their life based on what you told them they were. Now understand, there's nothing wrong with being shy. That's not the point. The point is you defined who they were going to become by your words. We have to be real careful when we use our words, especially with our kids. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and healthy to the body. Like a honeycomb. You say the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reason. 
and it's sweetness to the soul. It brings health to the body. There is power in your words. Use them carefully. Do you remember the movie called The Help? In, in The Help, Abilene is a, a nanny. She's kind of the maid slash nanny. And she is helping to raise this little girl. And this very little girl, just very young, just getting started, is taught these words by Abilene. She tells May, you is smart, you is kind, you is, do you remember the other one? Important. That nanny has just defined life for this child. Kid, you're smart. You need to see your life that way. You are kind. You can live your life that way. You are important. You matter. Use your words carefully. Since this is Father's Day, dads and granddads, let me give you this real quick. Top five dad phrases that your kids need to hear on a regular basis. You ready? Top five dad phrases that your kids need to hear all the time, so much that they get tired of it and they bug you for saying it. Okay? Here they are. Number one, I love you and I always will. They need to know that your love has nothing to do with their behavior. I love you and I always will. The second dad phrase they need to hear, I'm proud of you. Don't lie. When they screw up and you're not proud, don't tell them you're proud. But every other chance you get to say, I'm proud of you, you take that opportunity. Dude, you just picked up your shoes. I'm so proud of you. Three, they need to hear you say, I'm here for you. You say, well, I'm just showing them that. I get it. That's cool. That's great. Show them that you're there, but they need to hear it as well. I'm here for you. Wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be here for you. They need to hear you say, you can do this. You've got it, kid. You can do this. And they need to hear you say, dad, granddad needs to come from you. God loves you and you can trust him. They need to hear those five things over and over and over and over. To this day, when I see Ashley, if I say, I love you and I always will, she interrupts right there because she knows there's another part coming. She interrupts right there and she says, blah, 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 blah. Because it's a game we play. From the time she could start speaking, I said, I love you and I always will no matter what. And so now she pretends that she doesn't want to hear all of that. So as soon as I say, I love you and I always, she blah, 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 okay, tries to interrupt. But I also know that she has grown up with the security of knowing her daddy loves her no matter what. Use your words carefully. 
As we look through Proverbs, we also learn that we need to know when to be quiet. Use your words carefully, but also just, just know when to shut up. <laughs> Proverbs 17, look at these two verses. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge. He who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Now that's not talking about crowd or cool. That's not talking about, that's not talking about being cool. He who has a cool spirit, in other words, you're not a hothead. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Even a fool can hide it if he just shut up. And if you're not a fool, if you are wise, then you know to be quiet. Sometimes the wisest thing you can say is nothing. Proverbs 11 and 12. Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Proverbs 10 and 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. Don't go past that too fast. When words are many, transgression, that word means to cross the line. It's a word we use for sin. When words are many, you finda mess up. Finda, that's a good Texas theological term. When words are many, you're about to mess up. Transgressions, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. When words are many, you're a, you are going to mess up. But when you learn to control your language, control your words, it says you're prudent. Some of the most dangerous people I've ever met are the folks who work their tongues more than their brains. There's more for us to look at, but um, I, we're going to stop here for now, and we're going to uh, look at the rest of them next week. I want to encourage you between now and next week to spend some time looking through the Proverbs and see what it has to say about what we have to say. Because it's really pretty important. There's power in words. It's the power to set someone's life on the right course or to derail their lives. So we use our words carefully. We want to we wanna choose them wisely. And we choose the timing and the tone and the purpose wisely. And then we just need to know when to be quiet. Sometimes it's better to listen than to speak.